Hey everyone, welcome to season five, episode twelve of Mindful Marriage Podcast. My name is Brock Yonke. I'm the lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship, and I'm joined by Tara Wiedemeyer, licensed professional counselor. Hi everyone. And Tara is the bre- brains, the brains <laughs> behind the brains. this, the brains, the brains behind this operation. <laughs> and today, uh, for our final episode of season five, we're going to be talking about how to communicate about sex in your marriage. And so therefore Tara has <laughs> keeps giggling and what? so and oh making me giggle. I almost duct taped Brock's mouth because he is giggling like a schoolboy. Uh, so stupid. I a twelve year old. Giggling <laughs> Tara keeps saying things. And so but one of the things we've talked about frequently Hold on though, wait. If I say intercourse rather than sex, will you giggle less? <laughs> I don't I think I might <laughs> you just be, did. I think that's that's worse. Uh, the uh, the couples, obviously, communication is a major part of any relationship, of any marriage that's present and mindful and healthy. And when it comes to sex, for some reason, the communication piece of that tends to dwindle. That's the word I was thinking You of. were thinking of dwindle? Good job. All right. And so we thought it was important to set the table for how to even have discussions at home about sex because this really can affect a relationship in positive and negative ways. And so if we can communicate this about this, it can really help some things. And so that's why we wanted to do this episode today because yeah. we felt it was important. It is. And like there's a lot of stuff out there on sex, but not necessarily the communication around it. And so we want to be able to equip people with some tools that I think will help Make the mar- make your marriage stronger in that realm, but also just it makes us better communicators and um, have a mutually satisfying sexual relationship. Yeah, and so the communication pieces that we've talked about still are very relevant, oh, present yeah. here. They can be applied to this all day long. And if they are not, then it can make this an even more difficult discussion. And all night long, if you know oh, what I'm saying. Oh, wow. See, there we go. <laughs> this is Tara. I'm sorry, everyone. I apologize. All right, there, so, There's going to be some of that. Just so get ready. Tara has a little phrase. She is... <laughs> made up for today. And so like, here's the phrase, you, you, the audience, last time we judged the straw that stirs the drink. So oh, today gosh. we will judge Tara's statement. So here we go. Tara, your statement is, I don't want to say it. yeah, come on. It's great. <laughs> the, well, I, I, now I'm, I'm put on the spot. Um, the more you learn to talk with your mouth, the better you get at learning to talk with your bodies. See? Is that how I said yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Something the more like you that. learn to talk with your mouth, the it's better It's cheesy, you... but it's so true. It is. You know? It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But th- I just wanted to note there that who giggled <laughs> at that time and who's giggling right now? Not me. All right. So <laughs> professional... Tara's a good therapist, by the way. I just hear good things all the time from people. I don't giggle in session, mostly. No, no, but Tara's a good therapist. So, so Tara, how do we even start? How do we talk about sex? How do we get our mouths talking about it so that our bodies can talk about it later? (laughs) Well, I think, let's start with this. Let's start with some questions that I pulled out of the old Gottman playbook. Ooh, Gottman. Um, I know. That's that's an ode to Brock today. Dr. John Um, Gottman, my my de facto hero in life. Oh, goodness. Let's start with some questions and then maybe either break them down or see what could, like, get in the way, um, cause hesitation or hindrances around, like, Specifically in some of these areas with these questions that we're asking. All right. Okay. So these would be, these are open-ended questions that you could ask your spouse um, around sex and intimacy during certain conversations. And this could be, I would even say, prior to being 
in the moment. Naked? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Prior to being yes. naked with yeah. the lights on. These yeah. are, like, these are just, I think it's a really helpful and cool thing when you can talk about this openly, even if, like, it's, again, prior to being in that space mm-hmm. because it normalizes it. It can help one or both people feel safer sometimes. And so I think it's it's a great idea to be able to talk about sex before, during, and after sex. And so sometimes these things may come up in the moment, and that's fine. But I just think, again, these could be conversations that you literally have over dinner. Well, not when the kids are around necessarily, but like, right. you know, but, the, the, but one-on-one. The, the sex just, act is not imminent. Like yes. you're in kind of a space where you can just have a conversation. No, it's not leading to this necessarily yeah. to this act. You're just able to have a conversation about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So um, the first one is, how do you like to communicate or show that you're in the mood for sex? So you would say that literally to your spouse. Okay. And so... Well, let's get through these and then we'll we'll, we'll, we'll break them down. Okay. Or do you want to you and do it? I, I wanted to talk about oh, each let's one. Let's go. So, let's uh, go, cause, Brock. Because it feel because you have because Tara is obviously bringing the female perspective here and the therapist perspective, and so I like to hear these things so that I can be a better human being. And so let's go back to that. Do you mind? Not at all. Okay, so let's go back to that question. Okay, how do you like to communicate or show that you're in the mood for sex? Okay. So you would say that, and then. Let, let them answer, or you could even say, like, and here's, you know, here's my take on that kind of yeah. thing. And so and the goal, just like the listening skills we've been talking about the whole time, is you're not trying to necessarily defend yourself. You're not trying to shape or give advice. You're just really trying to gain their perspective and hear what they have to say. And even if it's something that maybe bothers you for a moment, you want to kind of take that in and listen to it and really mm-hmm. trying to hear what their perspective is is even if it's a little different from what you anticipate or would want it to be. Yeah, because that's it's their perspective. Y'all mm-hmm. don't have to have the same perspective. Now, does that help? Absolutely. But there might be some things that one person is comfortable with that the other person is not or may have more experience in a certain area or certain desires. Just all kinds of things, again, can come up. And so just to go into this with curiosity and try not to be judgmental, I think can be very, very helpful. Is there any way that, like, say we've talked before about a higher desire and a lower desire spouse. If you're the person that kind of thinks about sex all the time or wants to talk about sex Hashtag all the time. Bra. Hashtag somebody else. <laughs> um, and so how, is there is there a way to maybe approach, like, a, to your spouse, like, I'd like to have a conversation about this that doesn't feel manipulative or you're trying to get them to have sex more. So I'm like, I just really want to gain their perspective. How how could you set up that conversation or just start having this conversation? I mean, I think what you just said, like I want, if I mean, if it's true and authentic, mm-hmm. but, you know, I want to gain your perspective. I want to understand where you're coming from, like what your expectations are, your feet, all the things. Um, and I just want to talk about that. And my goal is to to learn those things, to have empathy and clarity so I can know you better and we can have a better sexual experience. It, the, if the goal is to get them to have sex more, and it and I'm not saying that's manipulative uh, or that that's where you're coming from, but if before somebody goes to somebody and starts to have these conversations, I think doing some work there and checking in with yourself to make sure you're not coming mm. from okay. a manipulative stance is always a good idea, too. That you're really just wanting to hear yeah. and understand so you can love this person well. Yeah, absolutely. And in turn, be loved well because if 
you know, without getting into other stuff, like someone who is higher desire and the, like like you were saying in this case, they there could be reasons for that, just like there would be reasons for someone who might fall into the into the lower desire category. Mm-hmm. So neither one it's not good or bad. It is it's just what it is. And again, let's get some information and some data and be curious and pay attention and try to connect. Okay. So check your motives a little bit and then have this conversation just to make this person feel loved and you can be loved as well. All right. Let's jump to question. This is so exciting. <laughs> question number two. Okay. Um, again, this you don't have to say them quite like this, but the question goes, some partners want sex to feel close, but others want sex only when they already feel close. Does that fit us in any way? Okay. Can you dive into that question a little bit? What is the the meaning behind? Why do you think that's a a question that they would want you to ask? Because a lot of times we'll see people, like some people will say, you know, having sex with my spouse makes me feel closer to them. Like I feel more connected. I feel, you know, more loved or cherished or whatever else. But some people need the buildup and the the connection and the intimacy in order to feel more connected and safer in order to have sex. Okay. And so, again, without stereotyping, but we've talked about this before in the past, you know, but not always is it this way, for sure. Sure. Like, I want to be very clear. But let's just say men a lot of times might go straight for, like, I want like I want to have sex to feel close to you. Mm-hmm. And the wife may f- want to feel close and connected and really loved in order to have sex. Yeah. Would it be fair to ask then if a person says, I need to feel close to have sex, like what would be some things I could do to make you feel close to me? That would be a good follow-up question to that one. Yeah. Because I think some people might feel that way. They're not even aware of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so this is just, again, getting more clarity and getting people on the same page. And that's never a bad thing. And, And again, for... For someone that would say, hey, here's some things I need to feel closer to you. I mean, we have to do those things not so they'll have sex with us, but so that they would feel loved. Like, so still, that's the goal. That's the journey. It's like, it doesn't, again, like you said, it doesn't feel manipulative. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to do these things. So, oh, look, I, I cleaned the dishes. I did this. You better have sex with yeah. me. But it's just like, I want you to feel loved. And those are things that create that atmosphere, that environment. Yeah. And that goes, I mean, everything we've been talking about, well, since we started, but like this whole season, it's just, it's that. Like, it's just, it's... If we feel seen and loved and heard and respected and cherished, that is a really great foundation to build on. And intimacy comes in all shapes and sizes. It Mm -hmm. does not just have to be the physical act of sex. Although it's a good, it's a good thing. All right. Thank you. Giggle time once again for Tara. If I had a giggle counter, I think Tara's giggle counter would be higher than my giggle counter. Because you just turn into a little boy. (laughs) <laughs> teenage guy and I just think it's funny but that, but and that's the thing I think it's also we were talking about this earlier I think it's so great to be able again it normalizes it it helps people feel more comfortable humor brings levity but like if you can joke about this and still really talk about it and communicate with your spouse that's okay that's a, that can be a really good healthy freeing thing it doesn't have to be some serious no, conversation that because be a lot of to it. you know unfortunately sex the topic of sex is awkward for a lot of people for lots of different reasons and when we are uncomfortable or feel awkward or there's tension 
it can make us shy away from stuff or pull back or be hesitant and not even have these conversations. So whatever it takes to have them, as long as it's not harmful to you or your spouse, go for it. Okay. You can make it fun. All right. Question number three. Number so three. exciting. Um, is there anything that we used to do during sex that you enjoyed that we rarely do anymore? Okay. Why? <laughs> Help me understand. Why, why that? Why, why, why that question? That seems to be, I mean, it's just a matter of like what we do in bed is an important conversation to make sure that we're both kind of sharing our wants and desires for what we actually do in the bed. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think this probably comes from a, like, it could come from several different areas or there could be several reasons for this. But, you know, you get, people get um, into ruts or in a hurry or stressed out by life and like, you know, if you have little kids or you work long hours, I mean, lots of different things. But over time, if, if we're not communicating and we th- uh, just are assuming like our spouse doesn't like this or they do mm-hmm. like this, then we're going to keep going with that. And pausing and having dialogue around this, again, shapes an accurate or it shapes it more accurately. Yeah. So then hopefully you don't get into those places where it's like, well, we haven't done that in 12 years. Mm -hmm. And the wife is like, well, I thought you didn't like, you know, things like that. Like if there's, if there's consistent communication, hopefully these things don't happen, but if they do, and that's okay, if they do, then starting to talk about this and just, again, get to know our partner in this way, it opens up the doors to know them better, but also to like maybe even spice things up or, Mm -hmm. It be more fulfilling for both parties because uh, it'd be easy if like you you were you did things earlier in your relationship and now you don't do those things just assume oh that person doesn't like this doesn't want this it may just be or like we're old and boring and married now, exactly whatever. yeah but it may yeah. just be oh hey I I just and you start to assume some things and mm-hmm. it's just we're trying to get rid of the assumptions just have a conversation yeah. to say hey so I guess it could be some things maybe you did earlier you don't feel comfortable with doing now or some things you didn't feel comfortable with you feel comfortable with now but just have that conversation so you continue just to communicate so mm-hmm. you're understanding what each other uh, wants and desires absolutely I mean like I think stress um, shows up in the bedroom mm-hmm. much more than people give it credit for or even aware yeah and that can definitely um, cause some issues yeah or you know or if you know, someone's gained weight and they aren't comfortable, you know, being fully exposed or exposed in that way or whatever, but they don't communicate that. Like it just, it can create false narratives. It can, mm-hmm. it can, we can get in our heads about this stuff. It's just so many things impact this. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important that we talk about it because just like anything else, it's a, it's not the only part of marriage for sure or intimacy, but it is a part of it, and we want to address each part and honor that part so we can do better. Yeah, and a person – like the, to me, there's a lot of times it feels like that if we're not feeling loved or valued outside of that sexual relationship, that can have a lot of impact on that moment as well. And so it might be an opportunity to learn just to grow in all aspects mm-hmm. of the relationship in that conversation, Absolutely. So, which is important. All right. These, these are good questions, Tara. Thank you for well, bringing this to us. I can't take credit for yeah. them, but... Thank you, Dr. Gottman. I can for reading them. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, how can I help you feel safe during intimacy with me? And I think this question is vital for lots of reasons, okay. for males and females. Um, but I do... Like, this could be asked in several different ways and still 
get to the root of the matter. But I do. I like this one a lot. All right. Can you ask the question one more time, just so I make sure I have it? How can I help you feel safe during intimacy with me? Okay. And so, so that helped me get to the root of that question. Like maybe they're being asked to do some things they don't feel comfortable with, or uh, just, it could be that. Okay. Or even just like again, like s- s- emotional safety. Mm-hmm. and physical safety, I think, I mean, they come to mind here. But, like, if someone is not feeling, like, respected or um, they they feel, like, objectified or that the person's not really seeing them and this is more about, like, just... Pure sexuality. Yeah. yeah. Like, just, like, I don't know how to say that on air for okay. this podcast right. right now. But, anyways, so it could it could mean a lot of different things. But, again, seen, heard, loved, cherished safe, respected, mm-hmm. all the things, because if I don't feel any of those things, then forget about it. Like, and some people aren't like that. They may not. And again, I'm looking at you, Brock, mm-hmm. like it, some men are just like, they don't need this big setup <laughs> and like this playing the long game kind of thing. Yeah. But some people do. And that is okay. Again, yeah. neither one is good or bad, but if you're not on the same page or it's making your spouse feel not great about certain things or in certain ways, then it is a problem. So what would you do if you asked that question? They said, hey, I don't feel safe in sex, and they start to list some things. I guess your role at that point, as much as you can, is just to sit back and, and listen and gain the perspective, not try to defend yourself, not try to say, well, here's the meaning I had for that, or that's not really true, but just really in, ingest that information and kind of think about it and pray about it and come back to them and have further conversation. Would that be a, think, a way to yeah, respond to that? That's, that's totally fair. And then also, I mean, but asking questions, because... If if that was not the intention or like you had a completely different um, <clears throat> like narrative or expectations or whatever in your head, you have the right to speak up to that too. And again, kick the ball back and forth and have that dialogue because the way one spouse takes something or feels about something – and you, if you don't have any idea about that and they share that with you and you're like, whoa, 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 that like I'm on mm-hmm. a totally different place or page with this, like talk about it, like, yeah. like unpack that, see what's going on. A lot of times that has way more to do with them than it does us. And they may have some stuff they need to work through or they could have some like root things going on that need to be addressed or tended to. Okay. All right. Uh, any more, anyone got any more Gottman questions? I have some, I have some of my own questions. You do? Yeah. Let's hear them. Okay. I do have some, but I'll, oh, well, let's gonna, see, because we may have some overlaps here. All right. All right. And then we'll get to these if we want to. Okay. So, the, and, and I'm, I'm willing to be shot down that these are bad questions. Oh, I have no problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very aware. <laughs> but like, even asking like, as you're talking about sex, are there some things that you'd like to try in bed? Are there some things you wouldn't? like to try would be, I think, is that a fair question to ask? Absolutely. And just listening and again, gaining their perspective. Yeah. All right. How often do you want to have sex? I think the frequency question Absolutely. is a big deal to talk about that. Um, when would be some ideal times to have sex? Some people are like, hey, especially when you get kids in the equation, like, you know, it used to be like we'd have sex kind of whenever. Now it's like, well, only on Saturday mornings because <laughs> that's when the kids are asleep or whatever it might be. I think those are Thursdays at 7 p.m. Thursday, it could be, but those are th- some things uh, that would be uh, good questions to ask. Let me, can I interrupt you there? Yes, please. We've talked about this before too. And I, I have some people say, well, that takes like the romance out of it or the spontaneity or whatever. But We've said before, if it is important to you, 
and you've got, you know, a high stress job or schedule or little kids, we, we've talked about calendaring things and making time for them just like you would something else that's important to you, right? Um, I think it's okay to do that with this if that fits your needs and y'all's lifestyle and y'all are okay with that, go for it. That does not mean spontaneity has to be off the table. Right. Um, but I, I think that's, that is okay too. Um, and then expectations are pretty clear. Like, you know, when and where, you know, yeah. kind of thing, but that's not for everyone, but I think it is okay. So again, th- do what works for you guys. Maybe try different things as far as like being more spontaneous or putting it on the calendar. If you've never tried that, whatever. Yeah. But I think, but have dialogue about this and see if you can figure out a good rhythm for you as a family. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, I just think we, we, we calendar or schedule things that matter to us. If that's the only way that you are going to connect with your spouse in this the season of life you're in, then put it on the dang calendar. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than going months or weeks without, yeah. you know, expressing that level of intimacy. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and so it's important. All right, it doesn't so, have to stay that way. Just. Yeah. Just, it's just for, something could, to try. Because there are seasons. I mean, like with small children, with uh, job stress, with health, physical, all yeah, kinds of stuff. All, yeah, like education. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like somebody's getting another degree, and that because like oh, this is when I have to study now. That oh, I, oh, I'm speaking from my own experience there. All right, Tara, any more questions that you have for us? Um, these are kind of, I mean, kind of what you said, just a different way to say them. Um, is there anything that you would like to explore sexually that we haven't talked about? So that could be one. Okay. Um, and then what do you consider foreplay and what turns you on? Because a lot of times I think there's assumptions here. Mm-hmm. And this is a good one to talk about yeah. because, yeah. like, again, if that's been going on for 12 years and the wife is like, well, I've hated every second of it. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah. Give, let your man know. Right. You know? So. Yeah. And foreplay, all. you're talking about, like, par fours on a golf course. Like Absolutely. That's, you know, like yeah. a par four golf no. course. Like, go out and play some golf beforehand. We're talking about grease in the wheels. Wow. Wow. Playing the long game. Giggle counter just went off for Tara once again. All right. Any any other questions you got for us? No, I think, I mean, those are those are Those would be a good start. Okay. All right. And I I think it's important to um, just not assume like what you're saying that based on experience or things in the past, but communication is just so vital for this as well. And that's why we wanted to talk about talking about sex because- you know, there can be real frustrations, real uh, misunderstandings, real um, feelings hurts. of hurts, yeah, that are, are of pain that are going on. And so to have these conversations just allows us then to try to get more on the same page. And, and, and you know, and it's, it's easy sometimes, I think, too, to put too much value on sex or to put too little value on mm-hmm. sex. We're just saying, let's just have a conversation so we put appropriate value yeah. on this. And as we know where the other expression. person is as well. And yeah. they know where we're at. And I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. Because in my experience, couples who talk about sex have better sex. Yeah. So if you want to have better sex, talk about it. So if you talk about it with your mouth, then you can, <laughs> you can express, talk about it with, talk your, body. with your body. That's <laughs> awesome. And so... Um, so for our mindful marriage moment, we would suggest maybe getting these questions, uh, going out for dinner or something like that, and just having a conversation in a safe place and, and make sure the kids aren't around. Yeah, where there's not distractions and y'all can focus on each other fully. Yeah, and as the waiter or waitress comes to the table, maybe <laughs> pause for just a moment and carry on that conversation. Or don't, if you want to see them blush. Okay, yes, that would probably take care of that too. So, all right, so Tara, we have just completed season five. Woo-hoo! Of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Isn't that crazy? That's, it's, it's really neat. Yeah. 
Five years. I know. That's, that's so a, cool. Yeah. And I'd like to go on record as thanking you, Brock. Okay. For, it sounds like we're like ending things and we're not. That's no, no, not so, at like, all. There'll, truly, be, there'll be season six. Yes. It's, it's coming. Yes. Um, but truly, like I, you've been a great partner in all of this and I've enjoyed every second of it. So I just, if you, um, I'm going on record to say that so you can't say that I, uh, Never express my gratitude. <laughs> and it, it, I, you know, it's been funny over the years. I know I probably listen to the podcast more than you know most human beings because I listen for edits and all that kind of stuff. But I've learned so much uh, from you over the years to be a better husband uh, to Alicia and to understand perspective and to gain more empathy toward people. And so you've really, I, I feel like this podcast has really enhanced my marriage. And so thank you for, for your uh, role in all that too. Well, thank you. And I guess you're welcome, but also me too. Like I've learned so much from you and I think, I don't know, this is just, I love that we get to do this. Yeah, it's so. fun. And, and I, you know, Daniel has just become more of a rock star oh through this God. whole thing. It's all about Daniel. And Alicia's a saint. Yeah, there we go. Well, thank you guys for listening uh, to another season. We'll be back uh, before too long with season six of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>